0: Hello, I'm Chris and I'm your host for the day. But I'm going to talk about today the parallels of life, and I'm going to begin with the parallel of Moses in the Red Sea where the Israelites and Moses were running for their lives. Pharaoh had finally let them go, and they were going into the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and when they get there, they come to a stopping point where it looks like if they continue to go forward, they are going to die. There are mountains on one side, a desert on the other side, a sea in front of them, but their past is coming up behind them to drag them back into bondage or pull them back into captivity or to even kill some of them your past wants you to come back to what's familiar it's a pure shame how misery just loves company but in this walk don't be like the israelites on the way to your promise just know that though it may get rough or tough there is someone leading you that won't get it wrong and in this case it's jesus He is the one that's leading us, and he won't get it wrong. If we continue to hold on to his undying affection and hold on to his, his, his unstoppable hand, he will lead and guide us in the way that we should go. And they come to a place where they can't go left or right. They can't go backwards. The only thing left to do is go forward. I understand your past is coming after you, but God set up something to slow your past down, to buy you some time, to get you to the place where you will be susceptible to receive a miracle. He has fire behind you in the day that the enemy gets hot and bothered, and he can't go as fast as he wants to, and he has fog by night so that his visual is obstructed. But you have come to a cusp. In your life, where it's swim or perish, and where God wants you to go seems to be more than you can handle. I know there's more waters to cross than what man can see, but God wants you to stretch your faith out. And when you stretch your faith out, God will cause the water to depart on your behalf. And the winds started to blow, and they blew all night to the point of covering your tracks from where you came from, and not only covering those tracks from where you came from, but also drying the place ahead of you so that you can make new tracks. And the Bible says that that they began to move forward into a place that they had never been before. They went into the deep. Only thing is, but when they went into the deep, they went on a treadable surface. With walls of water on the right and on the left, destiny in front of them and trouble hot on their trail, pursuing them into a place that is just unfamiliar to them as it is to you. But what you are graced for is going to kill them. God has called you out of a familiar place into the midst of an impossible place to kill what is trying to kill you you need not to be afraid of crossing the impossible because when you get to where God is calling you to it's a promised place but in between the impossible place and the promised place are going to come obstacles obstacles to help you to change Obstacles that are going to test you obstacles that are going to strengthen you for where you are going but in your transition you have to stay in consistent communication with God. Prayer is one of the most important entities you have as a Christian. Why? Because this is a faith walk and we walk by faith and not by sight. We need instructions on how to get to where we're going. How else are we going to get instructions other than prayer or communication? I want you to understand something. The only way Moses did what he did was because he was in communication with God and that was under the old covenant. We have under the new covenant, a far more exceeding and great covenant. Under the old covenant, we had to sacrifice we had to take our sacrifice to the priest and the priest would offer it up and make atonement for our sins But under the new covenant, we are the priest. Jesus already became the sacrifice He was slain one for all of us who would come to the knowledge of Christ and accept him as their personal Savior Jesus is the way the truth and the life No one gets to God and no one becomes one with God the Father without becoming one with Jesus There are a lot of religions that believe in God their God that is but not Jesus Jesus was the example that god gave us miracles were done through the prophets no doubt but jesus said don't think that i have come unto destroy the law of the prophets i have not come to destroy but i come to fulfill the law and he said that which i do you shall do in greater miracles signs and wonders shall follow them that believe we are spirit first and as the spirit of god spoke everything into existence we are to be as he is if we were made in the likeness and an image of of them then why are we not like them jesus is the word why don't we have word to give jesus is the way why are we not pointing and leading people in the way of jesus he is the life that is in your mouth why are you why are we holding life in? Why why, why, why are we holding life in? We should proclaim his authority abroad. Jesus lacked nothing. Maybe he didn't appear to be rich, but anything he needed, he had. Even when came to money, he didn't ask anyone for it. He told Peter to go to the sea, cast in the hook, take the first fish that comes up, open his mouth, and you will find a piece, a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. We can't focus on money or paying for things while we do the work of the Lord. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We should act as such. We are the children of the Most High. Jesus is King of all kings, and we are heirs with Jesus to the kingdom. So if we are heirs to the kingdom, that means we should be king-like, right? Which means when Jesus spoke, things happened. So when we speak, things should happen. The thing about a king is when a king makes a decree in the land, it stands. My question is, what are you saying? I understand we have to get negative thinking out of our mindsets, which is easier said than done, which means it's a process. Just like when we got saved, becoming Christ-like is a process. I don't know about you, but I didn't get to where I am overnight. I'm still not there yet. There is still more learning, more growing, more understanding that I need. I don't ever stop learning which my mind never stops being transformed God always has fresh word fresh revelation the enemy keeps coming up with the same old tricks God always doing something new for he says behold I do a new thing and it shall spring forth now shall you not know it we can't remain in the same thoughts when God is perfecting us he says he that begin a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ so whatever he has begun in you is a process it takes time for God to get all the old mentality Out takes time for the word to wash you over, cleansing you, knocking off the rough edges. You were. Born in sin Shaped in iniquity Destined to do wrong But the blood of Jesus came and forgave us We are not overnight saints Even Paul steeped in all knowledge of the Israelites And the Romans So on and so forth Very intelligent in Jewish customs and in all his knowing He had to sit under the apostles for three years To get whatever he needed In order to do the work of the Lord A persecutor of the church Had an encounter on the road to Damascus How many of us had an encounter? Only difference is his encounter left him blind with a vision that a man was going to come pray for him and he would receive his sight from his youth he was he was this way he didn't become this way as an adult some of those old traditions those old ways have to be removed from you and the process isn't the same for everyone because some of us know how to let things go but some of us are as stubborn as donkeys and we are not willing to learn the right way or even to do what God says to do the first go-around. For some, we have to be chastised two and three times before we surrender to God. It's a process of becoming saved because our mind can want to do the right thing, but there is something different going on in our hands and our feet and our various body parts. Paul says it like this in Romans 7 Will not to do that I practice now. If I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells on the inside of me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the Bible lies the parallels of life. In other words, the spirit is in me, but my mind, hands, feet are causing me to do things that I don't want to do. So it is not me doing it, but the things that are attached to me that are doing it. I can't get rid of them because they are a part of me, but they go against the truth in me. That is not bound to the law, which means my spirit is free, but I'm held captive in this body of sin, which I have been working with for my whole life. But now that I know better in my heart, my mind doesn't want to follow my spirit and the question was who will deliver me from this body of death death is the answer because as long as we live we are subject to the body that was born and shaping in iniquity but the spirit comes from the lord and to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord which means i leave this body i leave this world but where i go sin can't get sin can't penetrate. Sin can't touch because where I go after this life is not subject to sin and everything that God made in the first six days was good. He didn't form man until he made everything else. Everything was made in the first chapter of Genesis and in verse 27 God says that God had created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them. It wasn't until the second chapter that he made a body for the man. The seventh verse says and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul everything he made was good but he formed man's body from the dust so man was formed by the same thing that the serpent will eat all all the days of his life. Okay, listen now. When the father man came in the garden, it was because of the cunning serpent who obviously stood upright and could speak just as Adam and Eve, but he couldn't get to where we can go he can't get to where we can go he can't get to where we can go we have an opportunity to go into a place the enemy will never make it so he has to keep as many from it as he can we are not resisting people people have the same opportunities that we have we are fighting against someone who knows heaven on a personal level someone who has had the opportunity to, to be in heaven have a personal relationship with God knows what God likes knows How to imitate God But he can never do what God does He can imitate but not create He was a beautiful angel Arrayed with God's glory But when he fell He was separated from the glory He was still beautiful And still knew how to make music That created an atmosphere Music creates an atmosphere That was conducive for what he wanted to do In heaven he created music That glorified God In the earth he creates music that promotes separation from God. He knows that he will never make it back into heaven. So his objective is to deceive you so that you won't make it in either. He has absolutely nothing to offer you except eternal damnation. He wants you to go where he's going, the lake of fire and brimstone. And he won't hold back any punches in order to get you there. You have to make the choice is yours. And, and that choice is the hell you encounter on earth is it going to be intensified in death or is it going to be glorified in heaven the parallels of life are in the word we may fight suffer cry but what awaits us is glory for all we've been through let us receive beauty for ashes y'all have a blessed day